This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. This might seem like quite a weird intro for a growth series, right? We might expect it to sound something more like this. But here is the one thing about growth I've seen over and over again. And before we dive into the history, I think it's important to understand that growth is all about data. And data is generally all about time, giving yourself enough time to analyze the data. And sometimes that means while we shouldn't slow down our hustle. Here we go! But we do need to take the time to step back, look at the data, and make sure that what we're doing is actually effective. So we need to slow down the number of simultaneous actions that we're taking and measure the ones and the experiments that we're currently running. 
And too many times I see teams try and experiment for too short of a time that doesn't allow the actual data to manifest itself and give us back the right answer. And so instead, we're churning through experiments without reaping the benefits of that exploration. So here, let's get into the history of growth and growth hacking. Welcome to Rocketship.fm, the podcast where we explore startups from funding to growth, from culture to sales, and everything in between. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Mike Belsito. And I'm Joelle Goldman. So welcome to the first episode of our growth series. This has been a foundation of Rocketship. We've always focused on growth and company growth, not just starting up, but actually growing your company. And that's what we're going to talk about all month. So, And I know I'm personally pumped up about this series because we talk about startups all the time and what it takes to get a company up and running and get it going. But Growth is really the difference between a startup and scaling up. And that's the goal for a company, right, is to actually find product market fit and to grow. So, yeah, I am totally jazzed for this series. So today we're going to be talking about growth. Growth being from the term growth hacker, which was originally coined by Sean Ellis. And so uh, growth hacking is really, it's its not that annual planning cycle that marketing is. its It goes in weekly sprints. It's a process of, of testing and figuring out what's going to work kind of week to week, monitoring that, taking advantage of the data feedback loops, really learning when something works, doubling down on it. And so it's not annual planning cycles. It's not awareness building. A lot of marketing is about awareness building. I used to have startups all the time say, uh, can you come and help us build a awareness for our startup. You, you don't have budgets close to being big enough to build awareness. Focus on sustainable customer acquisition with a return on investment and just keep cycling money based on that and you'll build awareness over time through experiences. So when we talk about growth or growth hacking, first we wanted to break down that term and learn a bit about the history of how those came to be. Growth, I think, is fairly self-explanatory, growing, growing a company. Now, hacking is something that is very different and something that has quite unusual history, how it became associated with growth in addition to complementing many other tech-related terms. So hack literally means in the 1200s to cut with heavy and irregular blows. Another strain of the word referring to a person, especially a writer who does undistinguished work, comes from hackney, as in a horse or car for hire. It was MIT, unsurprisingly, that hack was first associated with work done on a computer. In April of 1955, at a meeting of the Tech Model Railroad Club, one of the teachers requests that anyone working or hacking on the electrical system turn the power off to avoid blowing a fuse. And this term is surprisingly fitting for students that are experimenting and trying to innovate on a hardware or on a technology. And honestly, it also seems fitting when in the 90s, writers started to use a hacker in a negative connotation, someone who hacks into a government system or into a system they're not supposed to be in. So it's associated with people who are doing early criminal activity online, breaking into software they're not supposed to be, someone who is hacking into the system. Now, in the context of growth hacking, I almost feel like that negative connotation is almost a positive. You know, people think of 
growth hacking as kind of obtaining some sort of unfair advantage, uh, basically being ahead of the curve. Uh, and, you know, kind of feels like a nefarious way, even though actually what we think of growth hacking is, is definitely on the up and up. So what once was a word that had a fairly negative connotation has morphed into a word that means a person taking an unorthodox approach to solving a problem. And so since then, hacker is now associated with many things like life hacking, things that can make your life easier. And of course, growth hacking. Now, the term growth hacking was coined by Sean Ellis in 2010. In a blog post, he defined a growth hacker as a person whose true north is growth. Everything they do is scrutinized by its potential impact on scalable growth. Now, if you think of that definition, what it doesn't mean is that it's just a fancy word for marketing, because not all the time does marketing equate to actual growth. I mean, there's marketing activities like branding exercises and awareness campaigns. That's not actually growth. It's the certain exercises that just are focused on actually growing. That's what could qualify as growth hacking. Andrew Chen introduced the term to a wider audience in a blog post titled, Growth Hacker is the New VP of Marketing. Quickly figured out that there was actually like a, a really small core community of folks that were pretty advanced in their thinking. So, you know, one of those guys was um, Sean Ellis, uh, who was VP marketing um, at a bunch of companies like Eventbrite and Dropbox, a bunch of Sequoia companies. And he was the guy who actually came up with the term Growth Hacker. Um, and he described that to me over brunch um, at one point. Some other folks that were really interesting were, um, you know, Eric Reese I'd met, uh, and he eventually obviously wrote the Lean Startup and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, he was really early on thinking about like cohort analysis and like, you know, having a very data oriented, you know, A-B testing kind of oriented, uh, you know, worldview. Um, and so so all that, you know, and, uh, sorry, and then one other group I want to read out as well is there are a bunch of folks um, you know, related to the to the PayPal mafia, and then ultimately all the Facebook developers that were building all these apps. And so, I think a couple of these things came together. And so, you know, early on, as, as, as you were saying, you know, when I was writing my blog, there was this community, of, you know, really vibrant community of folks that were just starting to like really dig into this. And I myself was very early in my understanding as well. In this article, he defines the term and used Airbnb's integration of Craigslist as an example. He wrote that growth hackers are hybrid of marketer and coder, one who looks at the traditional question of how do I get customers for my product, people who use data essentially for growth. And I'm pretty pumped for that interview because I know Andrew now spends his time at Uber, and I can't think of another company right now that's growing at the rate that Uber is. So I am really looking forward to that. Oh, absolutely. So if we keep looking forward today, we have communities of growth hackers and growthhackers.com. We have growthhacker.tv. We have all these resources for people that are working in the growth hacking field. The field is kind of morphed into simply growth, and we now have titles such as VP of Growth, the Vice President of Growth at Companies. It has really come full circle. That's why we're so excited to dive into it for the next couple weeks. So Mike Belsito helps take us through the basics of growth and growth hacking right after a quick word from our sponsor. Now, back to the show. I'm particularly excited about our new series on growth, namely because 
Growth is the difference between a company that's a startup versus one that's scaling up. And yes, we love to talk about the startups and what it takes to get a company going. But let's face it, the goal isn't to start. The goal is to find that product market fit and to scale, uh, to figure out the right formula, to find customers or users or profitability, and to do it over and over and over again, ultimately to build a real business. It's true. We do focus a lot on the early stage, and the early stage is fun. It's passion-filled. But growth is where we actually have to prove that the idea that we had is viable. And growth is where we discover where our customer is and who is going to use our product. Now, for me, this series is perfect timing because just at the time that we started game planning for this growth series, I was in the process of creating my lesson plan on growth for the undergraduate entrepreneurship class that I teach at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, Michael was the one that asked me, hey, if you're actually going to teach a class on startup growth, what would that even look like? So for me, there's really three parts. One would be understanding the difference between growth and just simple marketing. Even right there, I get a little fuzzy. Uh, Two would be understanding growth metrics. And then three would be learning the various platforms that can help us grow and actually measure that growth. So let's start at point one, the difference between growth and simple marketing. Some people get really confused when they hear the term growth or growth hacker. They might even say, okay, is this just really a more modern way of saying marketing? But absolutely not. Growth is uh, perhaps a segment of marketing, but it's not just the same as plain old marketing. Now, one definition of growth hacking comes from Morgan Brown, who is the COO of Inman News. Now, Morgan says that growth hacking is really experiment-driven marketing focused primarily on how the product is used to create growth. Now, back in 2010, Sean Ellis, who's now of growthhackers.com, he noted that growth hacking is really something that somebody does where their true north is always growth. So break that down for us. Well, it means that certain marketing activities such as a radio advertisement without a clear call to action or maybe a sponsorship of a sporting event where the key piece of inventory is just a logo on a board, that doesn't really qualify as growth. Those are forms of marketing, but it's not really growth. The goals in those activities, they're not necessarily tied to a purchase or a new user in the immediate term. However, activities such as A-B tests on two landing pages that are marketed through Google AdWords that both lead to a major call to action or designing a promotional tie-in to the product that inherently rewards a user to get another user to sign up. Those are both activities that qualify as growth. Got it. So a campaign with a measurable effect, that's end goal is to convert new users. So next, that second category was all about metrics. And it would be really important in an introductory course to cover growth metrics. After all, you can't manage what you can't measure. Now, the best growth professionals, they're constantly measuring. They have goals and KPIs in place, and they're always tracking to meet and exceed them. So give us an example of this. Now, Paul Graham of Y Combinator, he said that startups can simply take whatever they believe is important. Maybe it's revenue, maybe it's new users, and they can look at week over week growth. Um, If it's at least 5%, it's in the right range. However, the real winners, the tremendous companies, they're actually closer to that 10% week over week growth range. Now, for perspective, if you were, say, a consumer internet company and new users, 
maybe that was an important metric to you, and say you had 100 new users in week one, you'd have to aim for 13,000 after one year and 1.8 million after two years. That's what 10% week-over-week growth looks like. That's that's tough, uh, but it is one of those things that you know that's that's what you're going to have to actually aim for. Now, Tom Toongoose of Redpoint Ventures, he goes deeper. He's written about 10 major metrics um, that startups can use to track startup growth, and they fall into three different categories, distribution, engagement, and revenue. So it sounds like while the actual metric may change based on our business, we need to be measuring, we need to be measuring for growth. And a startup is generally looking for 5% week-over-week growth in the early stages, and a really aggressive growth would be 10% week-over-week. But we know this isn't going to be sustainable in the long run. Now, finally, if we know the definition and if we actually knew the different metrics to track, it would be important to understand the tools that we can use to actually uh, you know, track those metrics to track the growth. And the good news is there's so many tools available to entrepreneurs to track growth, whether it's measuring site usage through tools like Kissmetrics, Interana, Keen.io, or even, you know, going specific to mobile through something like Mixpanel, um, or even, you know, just getting real simple and using a free platform like Google Analytics. I mean, the good news for entrepreneurs is that there's so many tools that can help us that flat out didn't exist, at least many of them, uh, 10 or 15 years ago. So for me, I hope that this series will actually be helpful to my class at Case Western Reserve University. Uh, We only had one specific class that was focused on growth, and this series is going to include a lot of interviews, multiple episodes. But I know even aside from the students, it's really the entrepreneurs that are out there who are actively trying to get a grasp on growth that this series is really going to help. And so we are going to hear from all kinds of professionals working in growth from Andrew Chen to Joel Gascon from Buffer. Interestingly, as we grow, uh, it, it, it does feel like it's getting more and more ta- uh, challenging. Like I think there's almost becoming like it can feel naturally better to not share sometimes. And that's to Teju Awoye, who runs a growth-focused marketing firm. We take what a traditional agency does, the creative uh, marketing strategy, and then we fuel that into what you know a, a dev shop does. So we're, we're looking at what I call our growth cycles and identifying the key traction channels to help a company hit a growth trajectory. So we're going to be looking at growth from many different angles and perspectives and bringing it all back to you here in the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. A big thanks to our sponsor today, Prezi Business. Prezi Business makes your presentations better more engaging, interactive, and they have a platform that features built-in analytics, cloud-based collaboration tools, and the unique ability to adapt to the flow of the conversation, which is so important, whether you're doing sales or a investor presentation. So go to prezi.com forward slash rocket ship and get your presentation presified today. We're going to be continuing on with this growth 
series, a lot of great interviews and full episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. Myself and Mike Belsito will be diving deep into growth, so make sure that you subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us get the show out. You can find more episodes on rocketship.fm. You can follow us on Twitter at rocketshipfm. You can follow me at Michael Saka, Mike Belsito at Belsito, and Joel Goldman at Joel Goldman. We'll see you back here in just a little bit.